And here we are. It's a podcast for professionals, believers, and genuine people looking for genuine conversation. My name is Kia Harris-Tagnan, and I'm your host. I'll be sharing information about nonprofits, faith, business, entrepreneurship, life, and much more. I'm so excited for you to be joining me. So welcome to another episode of And Here We Are podcast. I have another guest for you. Robin is here and she is going to be talking to us about how to protect your nonprofit. So Robin, I'll let you introduce yourself. Yes. Hi. Thank you for having me on. And this is actually my first ever time being on a podcast. So I'm pretty excited about that. Um, but yeah, so my name is Robin Wyland. Um, I I am the sales director for Sogo Insurance. We are a Texas-based insurance agency that specializes in nonprofit coverages, um, and we do support um, nonprofits all over. So not just Texas, but we do specialize in Texas-based nonprofits. Nice. And so, how did you get into the nonprofit sector? Tell us more about that. Yeah, so um, that's actually kind of interesting. My first real taste of nonprofit uh, management and like true involvement um, from, you know, not just a volunteer perspective. I worked for a nonprofit here in San Antonio, Texas. They are a coding and tech nonprofit where they work with underrepresented and underserved youth to promote equity in tech. And um, that's really where I had my first like deep dive into nonprofit world. Um, aside from just, you know, volunteering, it was so eye opening. And from there, I got to really understand just, you know, the need for, you know, these types of conversations and these platforms, because so many nonprofits just as a whole, um, you know, you're short staffed, you run a lean ship, you know, you don't have donors out there just throwing money at you to go hire an, an assistant. And so um, that's really why I started really finding my passion and my niche was in, you know, nonprofits. That's great. And so often the conversation around protecting your nonprofit is kind of, oh, well, let's put this aside. We can do this in the future. What are your thoughts on that? Is that something that you hear very often? Yeah, actually it is, and especially with starter, like startup nonprofits um, or grassroots nonprofits. Um, you know, it's it's really hard as a nonprofit, as you know, you know, an executive director, you wear so many hats. You know, your office admin wears so many hats. There is not one person that truly, you know, you get a job description at any normal job, and you generally do what's on that job description, maybe a few things here and there, but in nonprofit world, it's not like that. Um, you really, you're doing so many different things. You're filling so many voids um, in the community, in your nonprofit, um, supporting other nonprofits. It's um, it's really a team effort. And so I think when you are spread so thin, it's so easy to say, oh yeah, you know, we're, we're going to get to that or in 2022 or in 2023 um, and just kind of putting it off because you have so many other immediate needs. It is really hard to um, wrap your head around. Also, it's really hard to wrap your head around the communities we serve could also be a threat to our nonprofit. That's a really hard conversation to have with somebody. Yeah. And have you heard anything, any stories in regards to someone that was a beneficiary or someone connected to the nonprofit that did something to impact the nonprofit legally? 
Yeah. So um, recently we actually had, um, I guess back in September, um, it feels like I'm like, oh gosh, we're in January already. Um, But back in September, we had a nonprofit and executive director come to us. She just said, hey, I'm going to be having a a, a car parade. You know, we're going to be, you know, honoring some vets and I would like to have just a car parade. Um, The venue is requiring me just to have these very bare minimum limits. And we said, hey, you know, sounds great. Um, here's some recommendations we have. We would like to, you know, give you X, Y, and Z coverage. And she said, ah, you know, right now it's, just, it's a really small parade. I'm expecting maybe 250 people. And, you know, we're like, oh, okay, that's 250 people that have an opportunity to be involved in something that could potentially harm your nonprofit. Um, she's like, no, don't worry about it. Well, one of the banners at the parade fell on a participant. Somebody that was in the parade, you know, um, was a veteran, fell on him and injured him like severely. I mean, it's a pretty, it's a significant banner. You know, you think of the banners, you know, those giant, you know, 30 feet banners. It fell on him and injured him. And he ended up suing the nonprofit for half a million dollars. And this nonprofit, the day before the event, the day before called and said, hey, just to be safe, I know I'm, I'm asking for $25,000. That's what the venue is requiring. Let's just do the standard one million the day before, had she not done this, can you imagine? Yeah. Wow. And that's just one of the examples of how your nonprofit can be impacted. Maybe we don't consider the variety of ways. And so why is protection for your nonprofit important and what does it look like? Yeah. So, um, you know, I, this is kind of a little bit of story time. My parents own a diesel mechanic shop and they've owned one for 30 years up in Abilene, Texas. It's a mom and pop shop. Um, you know, it's ran by my mom and my dad and my sister and I spent every summer, every after school hour we could working in that shop with my parents. Um, and in there, that's really where I developed my love for small businesses. And then, um, from there, it's really just transitioned into understanding wow, small businesses really are the backbone of our economy. Um, but at the same time, they're also the same businesses that are often without the proper resources that their larger counterparts have. Um, and that those disparities are, heightened far beyond in the nonprofit world. Um, so a lot of these small emerging grassroots nonprofits don't have the same protective safeguards that these larger organizations and, you know, larger businesses have. Um, so really, and that's even multiplied because these nonprofits are serving, you know, underrepresented groups. Um, in Texas, I know there's over 34,000 grassroots nonprofits. So that means their annual operating budgets under a million dollars. Um, and a third of that, their annual operating budgets under $250,000. So, you know, like we talked about, you don't have donors out there saying, hey, let me give you $40,000 to go hire an admin office assistant. So, um, you know, these disparities really are heightened. So what that looks like is it's really hard to imagine that the populations you serve or even your own internal staff can pose threats to your nonprofit's survivability. Um, So that's obviously a really hard concept, I think, for a lot of executive directors and upper management to grasp that, you know, these threats are there even with your staff. They're there with the people you serve. And it's even more so than it is in a typical you know, organization, these organizations, these other businesses, they're not serving these underrepresented groups. Um, so I think that that's a really hard concept, but it, it's, it's really important. That's why protection for your nonprofit is so important. Okay. So if I was a startup nonprofit, what would you recommend as far as getting started with insurance? 
Yeah, so um, that's a good question because so for me in our in our agency here, we really do look at insurance differently, I think, than most agents do. So we don't believe and you come to us and you say, hey, I'm going to have an event. Um, I need I need general liability. And we're like, okay, well, let's talk about the event. We don't believe that insurance is just an end-all, be-all. It's the cure. You know, um, it's not a warranty. It's not, um, it's not going to protect you for just poor safeguarding. It's not. Um, so we really believe in insurance is like the blanket that's going to catch everything that slips through the cracks. So for us, we really work with our small nonprofits and medium to large nonprofits on proper safeguarding. So um, for instance, we had a uh, we had a nonprofit come to us last February. They're a small nonprofit. They've been around for two or three years and their CPA said, hey, um, you know, you guys need to start looking at insurance, which also is typically required if you're going after a lot of these government funded, um, you know, uh, resources and, you know, financial opportunities. So they came to us and they said, Hey, you know, we just, we just want the basic, we want board of directors insurance. So we're going over there. We're talking them through, you know, their organization, what does it look like? Who sits on their board? What's their experience? And during that initial conversation, we saw so many red flags that we knew we had to address prior to just, in, just giving them an insurance policy. Um, for instance, they didn't have any guidelines for volunteers or staff on how to interact with clients. Um, they didn't have a process for handling complaints. They um, also, a big one that we see quite often is they didn't have any guidelines for the process of who can be with clients, especially with children, like are these one-on-one -on -one interactions? You know, what happens if a child needs to use the restroom? Who takes them? Um, a lot of things like that they didn't have. And so for us, we're like, hey, we need to implement some processes and procedures and guidelines for you all so that when we get an insurance policy, it's not a warranty. It's just, hey, when if all of this fails, that's going to be there to protect you when you need it. That's really great. Um... Because I, when we were in our pursuit of insurance, I didn't hear any of them offer that. Uh, they said, oh, well, here's a quote for this. Oh, and maybe you'll need this other insurance, but not something that was encompassing. So I'm glad to hear that you all do that because you're looking at the organization holistically and not just thinking about, let's just put this in place if something happens. So that's, that's excellent. So can you share some types of insurance that would be useful oh, for nonprofits? Of course. So um, obviously it does look different for every organization um, based on who you serve, where you serve and how you serve. Um, so some of the just general ones that we recommend right off the bat is a board of directors. Normally whenever, whenever a nonprofit is starting, that's the first thing they do is they gather up their board of directors. They start creating bylaws and handbooks. And so um, right then and there, we tell you, even before you start serving the community, you need to have protection for your board of directors because in a lawsuit without that protection, people can go after your board of direction, your board of directors personally in their own personal assets. So if I served on a nonprofit board that did not have that, if we are advising, you know, the community and we are making these decisions for our organization, um, if it comes back and they decide to sue the organization without that coverage, hurt my personal assets could be at stake. And, you know, your board is already giving so much. Um, it's, you know, it's not fair to them to ask them to, or to put that up to, you know, to not provide that protection for your board, especially since board of directors coverage is 
I mean, we're talking a hundred dollars, a couple hundred dollars a year. So um, it's definitely something that needs to be factored in. Often, you know, the board does pay for that board of directors insurance. We see that staggered in quite often. I sit on a board currently and the board does pay for that board of directors insurance. Um, so that's the first one. Um, another one that we often get is general liability. Um, it's often called slip and fall coverage. And people say, oh, especially during COVID, oh, we're virtual. You know, we're not we're not really doing anything. Um, but then, you know, I see on social media that they had three events and they, you know, went out to a, a, a tailgating game or they, you know, put up a, a booth at another, you know, event. That's what that coverage is there for. That's general liability coverage. And um, that's another very bare minimal, bare bones policy that all nonprofits need to start with is those two. Um, some other coverages that are really becoming increasingly common is professional liability. So um, for instance, we have a financial literacy nonprofit and you know this nonprofit is out there, you know, they're telling the community, um, hey, here's what a budget is, here's how to, you know, budget your assets, your liabilities, here's how to get out of debt, here's um, here's the value of home ownership, things like that. Um, that's a huge professional liability exposure. It's just like a CPA if they're telling you how to manage your money and they're helping you with your budgeting and your bookkeeping, if they make an error, if they tell you something that's incorrect, that costs you money, you would need to recover that from someone. So that's something common in workers' compensation as you start to grow and your nonprofit starts to get larger. Um, that's another one, you know, if your employee is lifting, like we said, you're wearing many hats in an organization and you guys are cleaning out the staff room one day and an employee bends over and throws their back out, who's going to pay for those medical bills. So these are little things that, you know, you don't even think about, but for the cost of an insurance policy to truly have that financial peace of peace of mind and that protection, we recently had a nonprofit um, and this one, this story isn't as um, didn't end as positively as the other one did, but they are, they grew during the pandemic, the need that they served and was amplified during the pandemic. They grew substantially. They went from a grassroots organization to a mid-size um, organization in two and a half years. So um, significant growth really fast. And as you know, with significant growth, if it's not, you know, it's hard to plan those things. Um, they had all their employees started working from home and they we had been presenting, you know, cyber insurance for a lot of our organizations and a lot of our nonprofits as we do. Um, along with that, though, we also present, hey, what's your cyber response plan? What's your incident response plan? Does your is your staff trained on proper safeguarding techniques? You know, have they had any phishing training for opening up fraudulent emails or sending out confidential information? And these are all things that, you know, we provide to our clients for free because we know that this is happening, especially affecting nonprofits, because Nonprofits don't have those same resources to hire these cyber companies to protect their data. So um, they decided not to get a cyber policy. Everyone's working from home. The server, the carrier that they use, the, um, the company they use to manage your donor database got hacked and then it instantly infiltrated the nonprofits systems. Um, all, almost all of their donor information was leaked, credit cards number, credit card numbers, banking information, home address, um, personal and private information of their employees, volunteers. They have they had a significant data breach and they had no coverage. And so that's really hard and they're still struggling to financially recover from that attack. Wow. And even when you were sharing all the different types of insurances, I was like, Often you don't consider that, okay, cover your board because although they're volunteers, you don't want them to be legally 
liable. And then from the general liability, you may consider your personal events as a nonprofit, but now not you attending those types of events. And then professional liability, I hadn't considered that because I have that for my business, but I we don't have it for our nonprofit because we don't have like the teaching format and professionals that come in, but that's absolutely important to consider. And then workers comp. Uh, I think everyone is familiar with that as being employees at some point in their lives and understanding that that's important as well. So I appreciate that thorough overview of the types of insurances, because I'm sure our listeners are benefiting from that. And maybe they hadn't considered all the insurances to to have and then also the cybersecurity that's important too to protect our donors and the people in our databases so absolutely so since we're in a new year what would you what advice would you give to to nonprofits moving forward oh gosh yeah this is tough um so I would really start, I would really say to start looking for ways to properly protect your business and not just relying on insurance policy. And I'm saying all that to say, I would love to sell all your nonprofits and insurance policy. <laughs> Don't think I'm not saying that. Um, but I just, I really, you know, I got into this space to support nonprofits. And so for that, I, I can't just throw an insurance policy your way and say, have at it, great, best of luck. Um, you know, really looking at those protective safeguards, getting with your insurance provider and holding them accountable and saying, hey, you know, it's you have a duty to me to provide these resources to me. What do you have? You know, we can go to, as a broker, we have our carriers and we go to our carriers and say, hey, I have a nonprofit, they need a, they need a board agreement. What can you provide for me? They have templates for you. Um, And so these are things that should be free to our nonprofits. So I definitely would say um, hold your risk management professional accountable to supporting your nonprofit, supporting your business the same way you support their business. Um, So really just having those hard conversations with your board, um, with your internal team, you know, um, what does cyber training look like for your staff? Um, A lot of these a lot of the insurance companies can provide these resources free and we provide them free to all of our clients. Um, so employee agreements, volunteer handbooks, um, guidelines, um, we, we provide, you know, management training, all these things free because we know that nonprofits don't have just piles of cash laying around to fund these things. So I would definitely say start having those tough conversations and holding your risk management professionals accountable. Um, and then really also, getting with someone like yourself, a strategic planner who can really walk you through what does 2022 look like for, you know, nonprofits that are still virtual, you know, what does planning look like, um, fundraising, what do all these different avenues look like for us as we still are in what seems like a never ending pandemic. And so those are things that I cannot assist them with, you know, the strategic planning part of it, but that's something someone like yourself could. And so, you know, really having those conversations, I mean, knowing that, uh, you, you we're having to learn to pivot. And what we thought was a pivot seems to be maybe this is now a new vertical lane. What does this look like continuing this out for at least the next year or two? Absolutely. And I agree with tapping into those resources that are they're necessary. Your team may not have the capacity to put those things together like an employee handbook. So why not ask your insurer or your individual that you have on your team to help you, help you. Yeah, I actually, um, one of the large nonprofits here in San Antonio, before they became our client, they were with um, another 
broker. And one, just one day I'm friends with um, one of the girls. So her and I went to lunch one day, we're just chatting and she's like, I've been so busy. I'm trying to put together, trying to update our employee handbook. It's just been so time consuming. I'm looking at all the past versions. You know, I don't, I'm not a lawyer. I don't know what to put. And I looked at her and I was like, you guys are coming up for renewal for the 10th year. And they're a large nonprofit in San Antonio. And I go, your insurance agent can provide that to you completely free. And she was like, what? And I was like, yeah, they, I mean, that's, that's really common. Like that's a very, that's a very common thing they should be providing you. And she was like, I've spent three weeks steady working on this. And I was like, oh my gosh, you know, nonprofit in every business time is money. You know, what's your hourly pay for three weeks? That's crazy. And so, um, yeah, I think just having those tough conversations with people and holding them accountable to support and protect your business. Right. Absolutely. So how can people connect with you, Robin? I'm sure they're listening and they're, well, we need insurance. How do we talk to Robin? I'm definitely, so they can reach out to us on sogoinsurance.com and that's S-O-G-O insurance.com. And uh, my email personally is robin.wyland at sogoinsurance.com. Robin with a Y, R-O-B-Y-N dot W-Y-Land at sogoinsurance.com. Also on, you know, Instagram and other social media, Insurance by Robin. I have lots of great nonprofit content on there. Um, you know, so anytime reach out, even if you're just saying, Hey, I just want you to look at my insurance policy and tell me based on the scope of operations that we perform, or maybe that we're trying to get into, does this cover me? Because something often that happens is, you know, on a general liability policy there, it'll say event exclusion, there's exclusions and it'll say, we've had this happen. And I'm like, Oh, Hey, this is great. But I noticed on your Instagram, you guys, you guys hosted 20 events last year. Do you know that if something would have happened, you would not have had coverage? And so that's another conversation. So even if you guys just want an audit, you want me just to look at your policies, give you any feedback um, or provide any direction where there's gaps in coverage. Even if you just need an employee handbook, you're not a client, reach out. I would love to get you guys an employee handbook or a volunteer handbook. Um, Yeah, anytime. Yes. And I would absolutely encourage you to follow Robin on Instagram because I follow her and her team and the reels that they create and the information they put out is unique in the insurance space. It's something that intriguing, but also informational. So definitely encourage you to follow there. And I will put Robin's information in the show notes so you all can just click away and connect with her directly. So I'm so happy we're able to have this conversation, Robin. And Thank you for providing your insight about insurance and protection and other things we may have not considered. Yeah. And thank you so much for having me. I was so excited to get to join you and I love the content you post. I truly feel, I'm so happy. We, you know, it's crazy. The power of social media. I'm like, I'm always like, gosh, this is great. I got to meet somebody that's been such a valuable asset. I've learned a lot from you um, really in the nonprofit space. You've been just, it's crazy. You know, I've worked for one for such a short amount of time and I thought, wow, I've learned so much. And then I talked to you and I'm like, I've learned the tip of the iceberg. So, um, but truly thank you for having me on today. Yes. So be sure to give this podcast episode your review so we can reach more people and catch us on the next episode of And Here We Are podcast.